Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wallbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with David and Turner from Arceus Creative, going over and trusting your films into someone else. Um, I wanted to talk about that because we, for us personally, we've been looking at outsourcing our edits and that kind of stuff, and we we came across Arceus Creative through some recommendations from some other people, and we just we wanted to sit down and talk to them, talking about their creative process, talking about how they they work through you know their projects and that kind of stuff, and it was such a good conversation to kind of get a window into like an actual, you know, production company to see like what they're looking for when, uh, when you're working for working with them, like they were very adamant about that aspect too. It's not, there's a very, uh, they use the expression B2B. And for those of you that don't know, that's business to business, that, that B2B relationship, that working relationship, like they really hone in on that is like what separates them from a lot of other companies. Like, and, you know, something that I talked about with them for a little bit was the, that like credibility and trust factor that you have with like a, like a production company rather than, you know, reaching out on Facebook and asking for people that, you know, could you help me edit this or edit that? So it was just, it was a great conversation. Like it was really cool to like look into that world. And, you know, one of the things that they did for us which I'm really excited about is they gave us a 10% off coupon. So if you use the code WVFB, so wedding videography for beginners, WVFB 10, you'll get 10% off your first project with them. So you got to check that out. Uh, I know I'm really excited to work with them. For some of you that don't know, you might have, you, you, they've been to WPPI, they've been speakers, they've been adventure, they've been at vision quests. Like these, these guys have done a lot of things in not just the wedding world, but also in the the corporate world too. So they, they have a ton of experience. So talking to them was a, was a really cool experience. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that, that they came on the show and let's get to it. Let's, let's check them out. David Turner, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't tell you how much it means to me to chat with you guys today. Um, let's kind of, let's jump right into it and like how let's, let's walk through how Archaeus got started. Uh, yeah. So the year is 2010 and, uh, <laughs> I, I won't go that deep, but yeah, basically, uh, I, I was a freelance video editor, um, kind of fell into the wedding industry on accident and was just like, well, what is going on over here? This is cool. Cause you know, I didn't, I didn't have any exposure to, to wedding filmmaking and, uh, didn't realize what a robust 
industry it was and how you know every every filmmaker is completely different everyone has created their own style and brand and um, a, a homegrown feel that was really cool so i mean 2010 you know was still probably a turning point in that industry of moving into dslr filmmaking and stuff like DSLRs, that. Yep. yeah so kind of came in right at the cusp of that um started working with a, a studio that was local to me at the time and basically they just i was freelance so they would kind of recommend me out to their friends that they knew that were looking for help editing and so you know all that work was coming to me and i got to the point where i was like i can't take any more personally but there's it was glaringly obviously they're obvious to me that there's this big need in the industry for someone such as myself at least you know uh, trying to be a good communicator, reliable, try to, you know, put my heart and soul into every project I'm doing. And so rather than turn work away, decided to um, recruit a few uh, friends and family to help and train them up. And now, you know, they know more than I do their various uh, specialties. The first hire I made was my buddy, Alex, and um, he was really interested in color grading. He's also a musician, so he has uh, musical experience and was interested in the film too. So, uh, so yeah, he's still with us today, very uh, integral to the company. And, um, you know, his color skill set has grown far beyond anything I ever showed him in the like hour and a half that I was like, that's everything I know. <laughs> Good luck. And uh, yeah, he's just taken it in a whole, whole different direction. So, I mean, you know, very humble grassroots beginnings group of friends, Turner and I went to high school together as well. So, I mean, it's been a very oh, right like all in the family tight knit, tight knit type of uh, a group that we've developed. No, that that's really cool. And one, one thing that, um, well, Turner, is there anything you want to add before I just, randomly interject sorry uh no no that that's fine uh yeah so i i guess to speak to me i joined a little bit later um i had been doing my own thing uh running like a freelance web development company for a while um although i like dave and i used to make movies together in high school uh and so like i had a, a film background as well and an audio background as he mentioned and so he approached me like in 2017 um cause he had a, a need for some help. And so I came in, in 2018, be, very beginning of 2018, um, starting as like a project manager, which I still pretty much do today, but he and I both kind of wear a lot of hats in the company and, uh, I've been in since then. Yeah. I mean, right on that. What, what I was going to say is it's such like, you can kind of tell how well a company is doing based on how long they've been in business and in, the wedding industry, what I've come to kind of notice and realize is that uh, most like photographers, videographers, that kind of stuff, they make it two years, three years, and then they just kind of fizzle out. Like the industry just kind of, it's got a very high turnover rate. And when you, you know, hear like you guys have been in business for over a decade, like that's, I think that's a really good like testament to how you're actually operating that business and that kind of stuff. So, um, I guess with that being said, like how, how has growth been like in the last 10 years? Like one, you, I'll ask you a second part to that here in a second, but um, like, how, how's that been just kind of coming in? Yeah. So like, as Dave mentioned, it started off just word of mouth from him. Um, and so he got a bunch of clients from that more than he could handle. Um, but a big inflection point was 
going and teaching at an old conference called In Focus uh, in 2015, I believe. 2015 is when you guys actually spoke. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with with the In Focus conference. They don't do it anymore. But uh, Dave and the RKS team at the time ran uh, an entire day on post-production. And so they met a lot of um, people in the industry that day that uh, was a big inflection point that kind of started a lot more word of mouth because we've never done any kind of like, you know, traditional advertising. We never do like Google ads or anything like that. Um, basically our entire business growth is based on word of mouth and we just try to give people like the best experience possible so that they're happy to recommend us to other people. Um, and so from there, it kind of, uh, grew more, more and more steadily. And then even more recently, as we've continued to do stuff similar to this and make more connections and get a wider reach, um, it's been expanding more and more because I think people, they, it's, as we'll talk about later, I'm sure like it's scary to send your films out to a company. So I think when people hear like the recommendation from someone that's tried it and it's worked for them, it's a lot easier to make the step. So like that's basically been our growth pattern is just doing quality work and then people tell other people and more more people come in, which is very similar to, you know, what a lot of videographers do. You know, you do great work and people tell their friends and then you get more work. So very similar to what I'm sure a lot of successful um, videography brands have seen growth wise. Yeah. And I know for me personally, that's, that's exactly how I found you. I, um, uh, uh was it David Renosa? Not the name drop, but uh, David Renosa had recommended uh, you guys. And then also, I I can remember a couple of years ago actually seeing when Wedding Film School. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. But I can see that some of those. Well, Craig I'm sorry. What? Yeah, Craig. Ad- it was Craig Adams, and then Scott, uh, McKenna. Uh, Scott McKenna. There you go. I, I remember the Scott McKenna. There were certain episodes that would say like edited by Archaeus Creative. Mm-hmm. So I like I had I knew your name from those. Cause I'm pretty, you know, most wedding videographers I'm sure has watched those videos on wedding film school. I don't, I don't know many people who haven't. Um, but then I was talking to David about, you know, outsourcing editing and that kind of stuff. And he, he brought you guys up. So that's exactly how, what, what Turner just described is exactly how I found you guys. So that's, that's actually really cool. Um, you know, I, ironically, are you, you guys are in Rancho, right? Uh, well, yeah. So we had an office that was centrally located to the team in Rancho Cucamonga, California. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but since the pandemic hit, we've all all gone remote. So we actually work, um, at our own locations now, our own homes. Yeah. I was going to say almost bought a house in Rancho. I used to work for Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I work for SC and, uh, it's really funny when I seen that, I was like, Oh man, like we, I wound up, Brittany and I bought a house in uh, Temecula and we, yeah. And I was making the commute out to songs. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. You've probably seen it on the five if you've been driving from Orange County to San Diego. But the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very strange backstory into wedding videography. I went from being the security manager in a nuclear power plant to doing wedding videos. It's not that so strange. It's very, it's very, very, <laughs> very strange. Yeah, it's a very, very, very yeah. weird hop. But uh, <laughs> no, we love it. So and I, I love like this kind of stuff. Like I, I really enjoy talking to people who know more about this kind of stuff than I do. Like I really, really enjoy, 
you know, chatting like with people like David Reynosa and that kind of stuff. Like they, you know, cause you, you learn, you learn and grow so much, but what, what I wanted to kind of talk about is workloads. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really, really prided myself on when I was in nuclear and, you know, even at my, so right now I have a full-time job as well as doing this. Um, and one thing I really pride myself on is like really trimming the fat, like getting things, um, efficient, like removing, you know, barriers and that kind of stuff and making, making your process super efficient, whether that's, you know, cutting man hours, cutting workload, you know, obviously if you, if you're working less and producing more, you're making more money. Like that's just how life works. So I, I really had a knack for cutting things out. And one, one thing that I was looking at, at us personally was editing. And, you know, I just, you just heard me say that, oh, I come from a nuclear security and I was in the military, did nuclear security, did physical security. And I, I do not have like a super creative side and I'm not like ashamed to admit that at all, because I'm a firm believer that, um, you should get good at something you're already good at and not just try to be a jack of all trades. Cause you're not going to be, you know, great at any one thing. You'll be mediocre at a bunch of things and that's not going to really do you any good. And that's one reason why I personally reached out about editing is because I am not a super strong editor and I'm okay with that. Like I, you know, I think my videos are good, uh, but they're, I'm not going to produce something like sculpting with time. That's just never going to happen. And I am also okay with that piece too. So I figured, you know, one thing that I was chatting with David about is turning my footage over to somebody who might be able to edit better than me and who better than a company that focuses on editing like that. That was kind of like my rationale behind everything. And I, um, you know, that's it. When it comes to that workload piece, now I'm taking a very large piece of my workload and I'm turning it over to you who will more than likely, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to produce a better quality product than I did. So no pressure. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then on top of that, I don't have to absorb that 40 hours or so of work that I would spend, you know, trying to trying to edit the video myself. And I guess like I, what, what kind of advice would you have for people that were trying to manage that, that workload piece of it? Does that, that, that was kind of a very strange way of getting to that question, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, just kind of speaking to your interest in like developing strengths you already have and focusing on like things that you're naturally passionate about. I think that's a really critical component to, um, the way you could approach your business, like as a whole, right? Like, um, that was, I mentioned my first hire was a colorist. It like literally hurt my eyes and brain in a weird way when I would try to color where I was just like, I just don't, there's like, someone's like, oh, there's too much red in the shadows. I'm like, I believe you, but like, I don't, <laughs> I can't see it myself. And I, had no, I still, to this day, have no interest in developing my own personal color, um skill set right and so like i said mm -hmm. i taught everything 
I taught Alex everything I knew in like an hour and a half. And what he's done with that has been incredible. And that has been something that's been replicated across, um, you know, the entirety of our team um, where we, our approach to business has been like a well-rounded business that's comprised of sharp individuals. So um, while we do all wear a lot of hats and everything, um, people are still specialized in certain ways. And that's really like brought mm -hmm. um, a lot of relief to our team so like, like editors don't have to color because those skill sets are like you know pretty different they don't have to worry about audio engineering or mixing or anything like that because someone else handles that so it's nice to be able to kind of hone in on the part of the project that you enjoy so if you're looking at from a, a workload management perspective um, if if there are certain parts of your business that don't inspire you don't feed something in your soul to be creative or feel like you're um, executing on your purpose, I guess, in life to get too philosophical here. Yep. But, uh, you know, that's where there is someone who has that exact skill set and that passion for the thing that you don't have. Like, I'll tell you right now, I've, I've shot weddings before. I shot maybe five or six and I decided I'm way better at just sitting and like using a computer and being in air conditioning and like I'm, I'm much better at that than I am at being on the scene and under pressure so I have like very high respect for filmmakers that go out and that's their thing that's what fuels them right so um looking at, at managing your workload by creating symbiotic relationships whether that's with you know second shooters that shoot differently than you or focus on different things or someone um, that's more interested in client relations or or um, project management or editing of course to stay topical um that's certainly one way to do it and i think even within that um I guess like a soft plug here for us is that like our scopes are modular and we can do full scope. So send raw footage. We'll take it all the way to deliverable, do color mix, um, editing, obviously all that sort of stuff, or, uh, it can be like relatively piecemeal out. So if you enjoy color grading, but not the actual construction of the film, then you can keep color grading in house. Like it's, it's, you know, it can be taken apart in that way. So, um, uh, forming a partnership with us allows you to kind of pick and choose the, the areas that don't fuel you creatively uh, in the post-production realm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in that boat of the color grading. I don't know why, but I, I really enjoy color grading. And one thing that gets under my skin is when I'm talking to videographers that are just starting out and that kind of stuff, like they're showing me their videos and I'm like, dude, that dress is green. <laughs> like what? Like why, you know what I mean? Like you, you just, there's a couple things you could tweak, man. Like just make the dress yeah, white. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, and that's, and that's a perfect, like, that's exactly what, that's exactly how I look at it. Like I would much rather have someone who enjoys editing and is good at editing, take that off my plate and then just hand me something and that says, okay, now you're ready to color grade and export. Like that's kind of, um, and I guess, you know, one thing that kind of comes to mind when, whenever we're talking about like editing and that kind of stuff is backlog. And one thing that I see across like all kinds of Facebook groups and that kind of stuff is, you know, people hit that December, January timeframe and they're like, oh my God, I have 25 films left to edit and, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, what, what, what do you think you would say to somebody that, that just has this like bow wave of a backlog that they, they know is coming? Like it's inevitable 
at Thanksgiving that they're like, oh man, January is going to suck. Yeah, absolutely. It's all too common. Uh, something that we are really trying to do is change the paradigm in the industry overall from the idea of backlog, where it's like inevitable that I build up a bunch of films and then have to go through this log every year to get them all done, to instead thinking of it from a place of, of pre-planning. I actually think it's great that your your email signature says like happy planning. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so great because like we feel the exact same way that like the, some of the um, greatest success you can find is when you take the time ahead of time to know what you can do personally, you know, what you can get done and what you just honestly cannot get done by yourself and face that reality head on and figure out some kind of solution. You know, like uh, we're only one of many, many different solutions that you can find for this. You know, there's like husband wife teams where, you know, one person does most of the filming and the other person does most of the editing. Um, it's super common, you know, people reach out to um, local friends that have an act or they can train up on editing. You know, you can look and try to find someone online. There's so many different freelancers out there. Um, there's like a variety of companies besides us. Um, you could, you know, hire someone. You don't even have to have, like you could try to build out more of a studio yourself. There's so many different solutions and not everyone is going to be right for every single company because it all depends on your needs. But the only thing that you shouldn't do is just assume that you'll be able to handle it when you know year after year that it just doesn't work, you know. So I think that's the key is to look ahead, especially now as um, a lot of venues are reopening um, as the pandemic has improved recently, there's going to be an influx and you're going to be, most people I would, I would guess would be shooting more than they ever have um, upcoming now. And it's, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, another shoot. Like I'm super happy. I'm booking like, this is going to be such a successful year. But if you don't take the time to be realistic about what you can handle, then it's just going to be that big backlog at some point that you're going to run into. But I think that there's um, other ways to deal with it too. In addition to like the, the planning, which is super key. Um, like one thing for us is having like a really good workflow system in place so that we're not just, you know, shooting in the dark every time we do an edit. We have very established systems um, within each of the NLEs that we work in where we have a defined process that we're going through to, to get it set up, to get the whole project set up, to go through all of the footage that's available and set ourselves up for success on every edit. So then it becomes a lot less overwhelming as well. Like, I think when you're facing all this footage and audio narrative possibilities, um, it can seem really overwhelming from the beginning. And so we've really honed in on breaking it down and making it much easier on ourselves by slowly whittling it down from like a ton to work with to like a little bit less than a little bit less than a little bit less until it's like the essentials and it's the best pieces that were shot and captured and we're getting those in. Um, but it takes having those systems and we do them the same um, every time and the whole team is trained on it. So it's really consistent person to person. And that helps to stop yourself from being overwhelmed by all the different possibilities that are out there. And then also trying, you know, like a classic time management strategy of trying to do at least a little bit like every day and not letting yourself 
build up, but procrastinate and not work on the edit, not work on it because you're overwhelmed. And then you just have, you just have to do it. And then you spend, you know, 12 to 15 hours in one day, just trying to get it done instead, like trying to space it out. So that was a very long answer, but those are some general strategies that we use and we recommend to people to try to stay on top of it because yeah, backlog, everyone knows it. It's very real um, and there's lots of ways to handle it. Um, it just takes like a lot of forethought and pre-planning. But if you take the steps and, and really take the time to figure out a solution that'll work for you, like there are ways to get around it and overcome it. Yeah, I, you know, one you're, you're coming after my own heart right now when you're talking about all these efficiencies and systems that you have. That's, uh, uh, we were only taken, I know on a personal level, we're only taking probably three more weddings this year and then that'll be it for us. Like that's, and we're, we're close to just being done. Like we, there was this bow wave of inquiries and that kind of stuff. And cause in Massachusetts, they, they lifted, um, uh, a lot of the wedding specific COVID restrictions back in March, like we couldn't have live music or dance floors open and that kind of stuff. And, uh, so they, they, that stuff went kind of back to normal. So, but I had something else I was going to say. Now I completely forgot what it was. Oh, um, when you were talking about the other types of editors. Like I've, I've gotten plenty of emails from people, you know, saying, Hey, look at our editing company. Hey, do this. Like I've seen people reach out in Facebook groups. It's like, Hey, I need an editor cause I'm, you know, 10 projects behind, et cetera, et cetera. And the one thing that really drew me to you just in general is that kind of established business. Like I, I don't know if I would have that trust factor with somebody that, if I just made a, a post in a Facebook group and then, you know, three people were like, Oh, I'd love to edit one of your films. Like, I don't I, like that. And I'm not trying to like downplay people that are doing it or, you know, it's just on a personal level. If I have somebody paying me thousands of dollars for a product, I'm not going to just hand it to someone and say, Hey, could you, could you put together, you know, a, a six minute highlight for me? That's, going to be similar to my own work. Does that kind of make sense? Like there's, there's, and that's not to say that people can't do it. I just, I don't know how quickly I would be personally to do that. Yeah. I mean, the risks are very, very real, right? Because there's a worst case scenario where, uh, it's, it's maybe more than you wanted to pay. Um, the deadline is missed and then you get it back and it's unusable. Right. So now you've like lost on yeah. all three fronts. It's, the project's now late. You have to do it again yourself and you spent money. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. It's scary. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a very, like after the break, you know, we're, we're going to talk about kind of entrusting your films, to other people and that kind of stuff, but you have, you have that barrier. But then on top of that, you also have this like unknown unknown. If the person's going to give you like a quality product back. Yeah. And you know, that was one thing that, David and I were talking about was he, he had used a couple in-house editors that he had really like trained and kind of mentored into making a very similar film to what he was doing. And the issue that he was running into is, um, he pours his heart into his movies and you're talking like hundred hours, 120 hours of editing. And they just could not figure out a way to get that to where it was economical 
if that makes sense. Like it was just, and I'm, I can 100% appreciate that because that that's what separates forestry films from a lot of people in this pack. Sadly enough, uh, that's not me. <laughs> so I'm very like, I, you know, if, if it's taken me like I'm, I'm an 80, 20 type of person. Like once I hit that 80%, like if, if that 20% is going to take me two years to finish, then I'm not going to yeah. do it. Like that's it's like, it's just not, it's that cost benefit starts to go out the door, but that's where I think like I'm a little different than a lot of other like creatives is that I have a very, very like strict business background and I don't have that super creative side, but I can run a business really well. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like, that's, you know, I've, I've, it's good I've to managed, know your strengths. Yeah, no, I, I manage the largest department at a nuclear power plant. Like I can, I can make these things function, but on the flip side of that, I'm not like David where he's spending 120 hours. Like he, he made a comment about how he would, if he hits a rut when he's editing, he'll just table it for like a month and then he'll go back to it and he'll work on another project and that kind of stuff. Like I mentally cannot yeah. do that. Like I cannot set something down and be like, Oh, I'm not going to touch it for the next few weeks. And then I'll come back to it. Like I take like a five minute break. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got to get back. Like I, I have a, I have a personality type to where it's just, if it needs to be done, then it needs yeah. to be done. Like that's it. So, but that's again, like that's why I'm okay with turning stuff over to professionals like you guys that you, you know, you're good at editing. You love editing. Like you're, I guarantee you, you both are more creative than I am. And I'm, Again, like I'm okay with that. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with letting go of that part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a perfect time to bring the show to a break. We, and when we come back, we're going to talk about letting that go and entrusting, entrusting your work and your film into someone else's hands. So we will be right back. Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. All right, everybody. Welcome back from break. Uh, I'm talking with David and Turner from Arcaeus Creative, and we want to jump right into entrusting your films with someone else, which I know is, it's a big deal. Like it's a very big big deal to hand someone your work and then, you know, kind of expect 
to get a product back that's similar or better to yours. Like I know that like all of us kind of have those, those reservations. So, I mean, what, like, what, what do you think are some of the, the biggest barriers videographers have handing you guys that footage? Yeah, I would say like the biggest barriers that we see a lot of the times are like, uh, creative control is a big one that a lot of people are fearful of, you know, taking the, the risk of sending, as we've talked about before, sending it out and not knowing what the quality they're going to get back is. Um, so that's always a huge one, especially with people with very distinctive styles that they feel like it, it's hard to emulate, you know, their specific style. Um, so that's like a, a, a pretty common one. And I would say too, uh, another big barrier is like budget. You know, a lot of people, if they haven't built out their um, their pricing with editing in mind, then they don't really have the budget to um, to work with someone else because they're not even really paying themselves to edit. Mm. So they don't that's really have point. the space to to pay someone else to edit the films. Um, so I'd say that that's another uh, big barrier, especially when you're first starting out, um, because it's hard to get your pricing up when you don't have a lot of examples to showcase and you haven't gotten that network of, of referrals like we talked about before. Um, and then I would say like the last barrier would be like turnaround. A lot of people um, make really big promises. Again, like uh, I think it's a big differentiator that people lean into is delivery speed, turnaround speed. Um, but I think it can, it can um, bite you in the butt when you're trying to work with other people um, because a lot of those are a lot of fast turnarounds are better suited when you have like someone in house um, or you are doing it yourself. Um, and I would say that like we see all different kinds of turnarounds. So I think a lot of people have it in their mind or like the couple has these expectations that it should be super fast. But I mean, we see everything. I mean, we've seen all the way to like a year that people promise, like, I'll get it back to you within the year, which is probably uncommon, but there are options out there. Um, but I would say that turnaround would probably be like the third, like those, those three, like creative style and the fear of that fear of entrusting it to someone else and then price and turnaround. I would say that those are probably like the biggest. What are you guys doing to kind of overcome those? Yeah, totally. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this one, Dave. Yeah. Uh, we, so we try to front load a lot of information and set ourselves up for, uh, delivering a successful first cut and really like forging a strong and organic relationship with filmmakers. So uh, after people reach out to Turner and kind of maybe have some emailing back and forth, general questions about logistics, once it comes time and they send us an actual film, um, I either Turner or I will hop on a styling brand call with them, which is basically where uh, we spend about an hour or so. I have a tendency to go long because I nerd out on this stuff a lot and <laughs> very long winded uh, where we talk through all the, like, you know, the technical stuff with setting up either your uh, premier project file or um, final cut library, how you like to ingest the footage, different settings that you use. Cause there's some key components in there too, that we want to make sure to get right. Um, when it comes to like frame rates and, and looking at footage. And then we also talk a lot about um, creative style and vision and making sure that like, you know, regardless of the body of work that you've created so far, that um, the vision in your mind's eye of the work that you want to be creating, that you want your brand to be known for, um, or 
or elements that you're doing really well that couples are highlighting that those key factors stay intact or are um, you know embellished upon moving forward so i think just having the chance to have like a human conversation is a pretty big game changer to um ease a lot of tension or hesitations i think um i mean both turner and i have have done this for a minute now so i think a lot of the confidence is gained just hearing like we can talk about like we know what we're talking about when we bring up you know technical specs or like um throwing out different uh stylistic conventions or like creative solutions that we've seen in the past and stuff like that so i think that that helps kind of ease a lot of the tension and while we're uh, having that call we're creating like a global document which we call our style guide so this would cover like all of the technical and creative elements to each filmmaker's brand to make sure that you know we're we're checking the boxes as far as setting up projects correctly, referencing example work or previous films or uh, feedback that we've gotten from filmmakers so that each film comes back, you know, closer and closer to the vision uh, that they're going after. And then on like a more um, project by project basis, we have what we call project details forms. So uh, we encourage that, you know, if a filmmaker knows they're going to be sending a project to us, then like you know, the night of the wedding or maybe the morning after you've had like 12 hours of sleep from those crazy days, then uh, pop open the document, kind of let us know notes that you had from the day. So, you know, anything that we wouldn't have known from having from not having been there. So if it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Uncle Jerry gave like this amazing toast, like everyone was crying, but he wasn't actually invited. So don't put any of that in the film. So, you know, just this information that we wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, there's stuff on there about like musical preferences, like if the couple fills out a questionnaire, you can like link that or include any feedback that they had about music, like, yeah, they got married in a barn, but they hate country music or something like that, you know, again, just like little bits of legacy knowledge that we might not know. So by front loading all of that information uh, and carefully, you know, reviewing examples, having conversations with filmmakers, a lot of that gets us in the ballpark, you know, at least defining where's home base and where's out of bounds and how much of that room in between can we play in and make like creative decisions. Yeah. And I mean, when, when you're talking about that, that front loading piece, just in general terms for the videographers that are listening and that, if you're not doing that already, you need to be like Brittany and I did a podcast episode about our pre and post wedding, like game plans and as we're driving home from the wedding, she's taking notes on, you know, what you were talking about, events that happened, like what what we thought was special, like this person reaction was important, like we're we're going through what their musical vibe was. Like we're taking a bunch of notes in one note because we were we're we're very organized when it comes to things like that. So we we have a one note file that has all the, you know, couples information and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of in like one holistic place for us. But yeah, I mean, just for everybody that's listening, if you're, if you're not doing that already, you should be, because that's just going to help you in the edit later on. You know, when you get to it two, three months down the road, like you're going to have all that data that's going to spark things. And so it's a really good practice to get into. Uh, If like, what, what would you recommend that people be looking for like in a remote editor, like the, the people like me that, that were kind of out and about and like, Hey, like I'd, I'd like to kind of turn over some of this stuff. Like what, 
what qualities and that kind of stuff should should we kind of have it keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it is figuring it out, figuring it out for yourself. Um, like, like who is someone that you want to work with? You know, like I think a good personality meshing is important because, like, if you're going to be working with someone, you don't want it to be a headache um, every time that you're like interacting with them. You know, if there's some good vibes and you're feeling a connection to them personally, like that helps. Um, and then like, you know, seeing that they have good consistent communication, um, that you like feel like they're on top of the films you're sending out to them. Um, and then of course, like if they have a body of work that, um, is similar to your styles that you feel like you can trust them or like that they clearly show that they have the skills necessary to accomplish the style that's your style, I think a lot of these things are you have to decide for yourself based on the brand that you're putting together or that mm -hmm. you have established. You have to decide um, like who you are and who you want to work with um, and finding someone that is in line with that style, your values and your personality, like all those factors can contribute because if any one of them is good, but then you're lacking in other areas, like it can be, uh, it can put a strain on the relationship but if you can find someone that really fits into all those boxes, um, it can be a very strong and long lasting relationship for sure. Yeah. I think alongside that, um, maybe a good practice initially is to look inward and say like, what role do I want to have? Like, I want to be a manager only. Point. Yeah. I want to own, I want to like, I want to shoot, you know, I interface with the couples and then hand it off and have it come back. Or are you someone that's like, yeah, I want to like, talk with someone and get like an idea of like a theme going. I want to, I want a sounding board. I want to hear what ideas they have. Um, you know, I want to be a collaborative partner or is it something where you're like, I only want them to call. Like I just, I, you know, very limited, call the footage, put it in the places so that I can go in and play and like, you know, tell the story, leave everything together. So maybe a good way to find that perfect partnership for you is to think, um, you know, what are you passionate about and what aren't you and try to find, you know, again, like that, that missing puzzle piece, that perfect person out there that has strengths and your weaknesses, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a marriage in a sense, uh, which I think we're all pretty familiar with at this point. So uh, yeah, it, it could, it could be a good exercise on looking inward and then, and then outward at that point. Yeah. That finding your why, I think that's a, that's a really good, that's a really good, uh, it's a really good point. Let's just say hypothetically, like what, what should I be, what should I be worried about? If I'm talking to a, a person who might be editing my film and that kind of stuff, like, what do you think would be some, like we used to call them danger words. Like what, what would be some danger words? I, think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, what, what? There's so I much danger like, we could talk about. No, I don't. I know, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, about to get real good. I was just going to say like basically just the opposite of all the things that I mentioned Right. Like if you find someone that there's like weird communication things where, you know, you're not syncing up, there's confusion. Um, if you're like not hearing back from them, that's always a red flag. Um, yeah. If you like if you have if they don't really have any examples of stuff that like gives you confidence that they could accomplish like what you're trying to create. Uh, basically, like the any any of the opposite of the things I mentioned before, I feel like would be um, pretty big red flags. Yeah. I mean, do you, so like what, I don't know if we want to go into details with this, but I was just curious, like the difference, 
like there's, there's differences between like in-house videographers, um, people who just freelance, like say, like I just reached out to somebody and, and then what I would consider more of a, uh, like a professional production company, like, like you, like that's, that's just how I kind of view that category. Like, do you want to kind of talk about the differences? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is that it goes back to that trust piece and I guess credibility, I, I think would be a better, a better word. If that makes yeah, sense. I think uh, they're all the same. There's no real big difference at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> next question no uh no they're they're worlds apart um honestly i think um it's like we would classify ourselves i guess in like a b2b relationship where um you know you're working with another established company that has our own uh systems and and uh workflows and communication style and stuff like that versus being um, an employer or a client um, if you're hiring a freelancer, you're a client and um, they may not have any regiment, right? When it comes to having a workflow or, or communication system, um, they might be, you know, on Slack and you're on email or something, you know, like just little differences in communication styles or time zone differences, uh, availability, stuff like that, language barrier even, Um and, uh, and different rates, right? Yeah, there's, a, yeah, I was going to say, I've had, I have plenty of people reach, like Ivan has reached out to me a lot. So when you said language barrier, it just made me think of that. That's yeah, all. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, you. no, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's pretty real, right? Um, it's just a, it's a pretty, it's the whole world is your option <laughs> when it comes to hiring a freelancer. Um, I guess there's a lot more that can be said about remote employees at this point, especially where we're at in the world right now. But um, I think with an employee, you become more of the manager. And I think uh, there might be a little more uh, assumption that you would be the one creating the systems and setting up the workflow and deciding what the communication is. And so you're kind of, you're leading right versus um kind of meeting eye to eye uh and with that there kind of comes the the pressure or the stress to make sure that you're um keeping their time profitable or like that they're that they always have something to do because if you're paying them hourly then the last thing you want is someone sitting on their hands um not delivering anything for you while you're still paying um i mean there's also i guess in both the the freelance and the employee option there's like the uh risk like a flight risk right where you train someone up so far and they're like oh i'm so good i just go out on my own now like uh and now you're kind of left in the lurch there so um with a b2b relationship it's a little i mean i'm i'm probably extremely biased in here too but like there seems like there's more uh stability right and like that you both have a vested longevity yeah existing still and um i mean you know from our point of view um, just as Turner mentioned at the beginning, like word of mouth is huge. So, I mean, anything that's going to damage our reputation, um, we're not interested in. So we're always going to be making sure that we're keeping up with expectations, communication, uh, quality, everything in that regard, because, you know, we have vested interest or something on the line, like wedding, the wedding industry is big, but it's also small. <laughs> and everyone kind of knows yeah. each other. I mean, yeah. you mentioned sculpting with time and forestry. Like I'd be hard pressed to find anybody that's been doing this professionally for a while that doesn't know ex- exactly who you're talking about. Right. So, um, yeah. so word travels fast, uh, versus a freelancer may, you know, kind of have a lot of irons in the fire. And if weddings don't pan out, like 
you know, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, they'll just, they'll, they'll go back to their other part-time job. They'll be yeah. all right. But what, what I kind of wanted to talk about was working with the editor. Cause one thing that, you know, not to, one thing that I've been thinking about is just the, the whole communications aspect and just like communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, but that's kind of a two way street. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, what, what I want to talk to you about is like your recommendations on, on what, what you're looking for on your side, because I know, like, I just can't hand you like one folder with five hours worth of footage, just kind of tossed in it and say, you know, happy hunting. Like that's so. What's funny is like, you totally could do that. (laughs) I think, I think because we have such established systems for intake that um, like once we get it into the NLE, like we put it through um, so many processes to organize it and, and get it all set up that like, it really doesn't matter how you send it to us um, because like we have such a streamlined process for in uh, intake of the project media and then the organizational system within the, the um, program that it really, it really doesn't matter to us. Um, you know, we see a variety of different ways that people do it. I mean, most commonly people do it like by camera and card just because that's the way that their systems are spitting it out, you know, so it's, it, it's easy, but yeah, if you like, we've gotten it where people just send us a big open folder just containing all the media, you know, and we figure it out. <laughs> I mean, a part of me thinks that that's not really cool. Uh, just to, like I, I have mine broken down like bride prep, groom prep, speeches, ceremony. Like I have, you know, portraits, bridal portraits. Like I, like I have all mine organized like that uh, inside. So I, I use DaVinci and I just, I have the folders broken down like that just because that for me personally, that just makes my life a little easier when it comes to editing because I can just, you know, if I'm like, oh, I should grab a B-roll shot, then I have a folder that's called B-roll. And I just put everything in that, everything that I think what, what I have deemed as B-roll goes into that, that folder. Yeah. And that's how I like yeah, it. Yeah. And we have all that like inside of the program. Um, like it's all, it's all completely organized. It, it's just that when it's in like the folder itself, it doesn't really matter to us because we have it so well organized within the program. Yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, I was just saying that I, I can't. I, I would just feel awkward just handing you like one single folder with fourteen hundred files in it, and being like, "Here, Turner, how about it?" <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Right. It's funny because I mean, it cuts both ways. Like, it's almost at times like a less is more when it comes to like customizing mm-hmm. your organization because it's just um, we've seen like it introduces a variable or like a room for error. Um, versus like just from the camera in cards or something like that but i mean at the same time uh part of our cornerstone is blending into people's workflows so if that's how you you know get peace of mind at the end of the night that you like dumped all your content or um you know you backed up everything or whatever it is whatever the preference is it's like it, it makes it's neither neither pro or con for us um, as long as it's working on your end yeah, like uh, yeah, that, yeah. The, uh, the Archaeus actually is a type of chameleon. I don't know if, if you look this up at all, um, but that's like where the name come from comes from is that we're like a chameleon and we like blend, can blend into your workflow and blend into your brand um, so that like, you know, ideally like you, no one would even know we were there. Like that's kind of the, the idea behind the foundation of the company. 
Yeah, and I did. I googled it. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so, what uh, what do you think would be some good habits to get into with working for or working with an editor? Hmm. Uh, I think if you have any preconceived notion of how a film is going to come together or any uh, like cornerstones to your own brand, like clearly communicating that, I guess, and, and taking the time to do the notes. Like I know that it's part of your like natural system to, um, to put notes together after a shoot and to like, while the details are fresh, get them down and out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it could be, um, kind of a cyclical problem if there's like a backlog that's built up it's like I don't remember anymore because the you know details the, the project was so long ago so kind of being diligent about staying on top of that is kind of like um, uh, a pretty good a nice quality to have and if you know there was any preconceived vision for the structure or like any any creative direction is helpful I mean I think it's kind of counterintuitive to put a box around creativity as being a good thing, but it actually really mm-hmm. is. Um, we were reading, uh, what was that Todd Henry book, Turner? The, the creative. Oh, Creative Tigers? Yeah, Herding Tigers. Um, Herding Tigers. Yeah, that's a really great book about leading creative teams. I think a lot of the um, practices he talks about in there could relate to just working with other creatives. You don't need to be their, you know, their employee or, or their manager or anything like that, but I think good for business relationships and one of them is like uh, a create oftentimes like a creative's worst nightmare is like do whatever you want like there's no right or wrong because there's always a right or wrong (laughs) it's just it's subjective and it's more helpful to have guidance and to put rails around it to a degree and maybe there's like a gray area of buffer of like like I said like home base versus out of bounds like I just like that analogy of just like Um, so when I'm talking to filmmakers, I'm trying to understand their brand. I'm like, so would you ever like flip stuff upside down, put it backwards, like invert the colors and all that stuff. And they're like, no, no, that's way too crazy. I'm like, okay, good. So like, you know, there's a hard boundary there where I know if we did something like that, you would get this back and be like, what is this? This is not my film. (laughs) So I think it is important to have, um, some amount of guidance versus just an open plan. Yeah, no, I, I, in my, and I'm, I'm only speaking just from a personal level because we're, we're chatting, but my, my films, they, they do just follow a structure. Like there, there is a format to them. There's a, like, I have a little written out thing that I, I try to follow. So yeah, no, I think that you're absolutely right that you, you can't just tell somebody that the world is their oyster and because it's, yeah, it's not like there's, there's going to be something that they're going to be like, yeah, no, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah. So that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I, I know I've seen some people like, say I, I have the bride's mic. Like I'll see somebody like grab the mic and be like, you know, Shannon's microphone. It's 14, 15, you know, dot, 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 dot. And then they'll, they'll put the mic on. Like, do you, do you guys need detail like that? Do you need, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Like I've, I've seen people that they, they, they definitely go, they, they definitely go above. I guess I would consider that. A, I don't know if I'd yeah. say above, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's helpful. Like, especially like if you can label the files, the file names, I mean, anything like that can be mm-hmm. helpful, especially yeah. like, like with audio, when you have this, you know, 45 minute long audio file, um, but I think also our team is is so has seen so many projects at this point 
that it's pretty quick to be able to identify, you know, just with a quick scrub, you know, we look for like the files where the speaker is loud and you go and listen to it and you see her, okay, they're saying their vows right now. And it's the groom is loudest. So this is the groom during ceremony, Mike, you know, and like things like that. But yeah, I mean, anything that you can do that's helpful. I mean, ultimately it's going to be helpful for you too. Like it's good to get into practices for you and things that'll be helpful to you are going to also be helpful to us a lot of the time. So I would say that, yeah, like work on things that are helpful to you. And a lot of times your editor will thank you for it as well. Yeah. If you look at yourself, your editing self as someone separate from your shooting self, right? Like that can, that can be helpful. Um, A lot of times too, like we'll use uh, like context clues, like um, so that details form I was mentioning, there's a section in there for like audio files, like which audio files exist. And it's a good, it's a good document to fill out. Um, because it helps us kind of cross-reference whether we have everything or not. And one thing that we've come across Mm -hmm. is like, we'll see during the first look that like the groom has a lapel mic on, but like we don't have a file for it. So like, I think just having an editor that's like discerning, you know, and and noticing if there's, if you see another, another angle being shot from a different filmmaker in the background of another shot, but you don't have that shot, like might be a good thing to, to check in on, see if it exists. Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that I think that has helped my wife become a better shooter is when I sat down with her one day and was showing her footage in, uh, it was final. We were using final cut back then, but, and I was showing her like why this shot worked and why the shot didn't. And she could see it from like the editing perspective, which made much more sense when she was shooting. Yeah that whole like shoot to edit mentality like that, that was something that really clicked, you know, when she put herself in the editor's shoes and then was looking at her product, you know, later and was like, Oh, that makes so much more sense Mm -hmm. now. Like that's so. And that can be helpful too. If you, because I feel like at least I felt this on the six, all of the six weddings I ever shot in my lifetime (laughs) was like, I need to shoot because that's what they hired me for. So I have to be busy doing that. Right. So if I'm not shooting, I'm not doing my mm-hmm. job, which means like that they're wasting money on me. But that's not true at all. Um, sometimes shooting less is better because you can keep your, I mean, from, you know, what I've seen, you can keep your head on the swivel a bit more. And maybe you're not just shooting to be busy and getting a bunch of content that you're just inevitably going to have to sift through later. Um, and instead being intentional about like what it is that you're shooting and, and being m- mindful of like the other options of what you could be getting around the room yeah no it took me it took me like four or five weddings with Brittany, and i love her to death if she was sitting here she'd be laughing about this right now because she she would shoot in like five minute long clips and then you have to scrub through that to find like which pieces were working and like that like i was trying to explain to her like just do like six to ten seconds like that's all you gotta do just stop recording It was just, it was crazy. Like, oh my God, it's taking me like four hours to get through three clips. Yeah. <laughs> so, that could be tough. Oh, but that's also, I also think that's also part of learning and growing. And you know what I mean? I think most people probably do stuff like that. Just, you know, everybody learns. We mm-hmm. get through it. I, uh, I, I did want to ask you like what, so when we talked about like those working relationships earlier, and I mean, what, what do you guys do to kind of build, to build that relationship? 
like, I mean, what, like what kind of foundations do you guys have and like, what, what are you doing to kind of cultivate those? Um, what kind of relationships do you mean? Like our, with, our, with our filmmaking partners or with, like, yes. Like say me and you, like me and you would be a perfect example. And I'm not talking about like us being BFFs and, you know, chatting all the time. I'm just talking about like, what, what are you guys doing to kind of cultivate those business relationships? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to a lot of what we were talking about before about like, um, how you choose like a, a good editor for you. Like a lot of what we're doing is trying to be someone that people want to work with. You know, like we try to be friendly, positive, uh, good communicators, prompt in our responses and like understanding of people's like fears and concerns and try to like explain things thoroughly so that people feel confident working with us and comfortable. I think a lot of it comes down to trying to you know, be overly thorough, like over explain, um, over communicate as much as we can in order to have people feel um, relatively comfortable with something that's a can be a pretty frightening process. And, uh, you know, hopefully they have a good time uh, with it as well. Like we try to be positive and, and, you know, be casual and fun to even if it's email, you know, it's very business, but like we try to be uh, fun with it. And, um a lot of it too is just like over time being able to flex and grow and change with filmmakers, you know, like not be rigid, but have it be like an ongoing conversation about what works, what doesn't work. You know, we do like this intro pricing in order to get people to be able to try it out and, um, you know, figure out like they'll try out something, you know, and then, uh, they can go through the process, see how it all works. And then we can have a conversation after that about like what the future looks like. And then as we go on and do more and more films together, we continue to hone in and work out what it is that's like exactly right. And maybe one year, like it's like this scope of work, you know, or whatever. And then as we grow from there, it can grow and change. Like one we always talk about was a a really early client who, um, works with us a bunch now, but he started out just doing, um, like color only. That was all he needed us for was just to do color. And so there, there was like a, a year or maybe even more where he was just sending us all his color projects. And that was what he needed at the time. Um, but even just that little bit of extra time that he got, um, allowed him to grow his own business. And so he was busier, Mm -hmm. So then he like started sending us like all of the wedding. So we were doing full scope, like beginning to end. So he was just sending us the raw footage and then we were sending him back the final exports. Um, and then same process. And so that was like another year or so. And again, he, it allowed him all this extra time. So then he went and got even more work and got even busier. And he was like working with all, all these new companies. So then he started like sending more of that to us so I think a lot of it is like being able to, you know, grow with the with our filmmaking partners as well um, and not just have like a very rigid system like, OK, you signed up for this and this is what you get. But like always being open to, you know, a conversation and and um, going where you need to go, you know, like we're open to that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you were talking about like freeing up that time, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much like just in my case, when, when I'm talking about turning editing over to you guys, like how much that's going to alleviate by taking that like 40 hours a project off of it. Like, I think people like that reality probably doesn't hit them until they've done it until they've seen like, Oh man, like that's, that's two, 
business weeks of work that, you know, I can now focus on say becoming a better shooter or working on a podcast or, you know what I mean? Something like there's like that. That's a big, that's a huge benefit, at least for me personally. Like that's, that's kind of how I look at it is. Yeah. We see people invest their time into diversifying their work types too. A lot of the relationships we formed started in weddings. That's where we grew up. Right. Um, But in the case that uh, Turner was just mentioning, like now we're doing uh, agency and ad work um, with that filmmaker who very much was starting in the wedding space and kind of had the time to grow and evolve and, and connect with other businesses in a way that now, you know, we're, we're producing corporate educational type work as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, I love hearing about people that grow if that makes sense. Like I, I love hearing that like people have grown out of one thing and moved into another, you know, field and that kind of stuff. Like I, I always, like, I always, I always like to hear that people have like a progression. Um, so this, you might not be able to answer this. I'm just curious. Do you have any like funny stories of people that have just done something completely ridiculous? (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I can think of one, um, making sure that you, um, are packaging your drives in such a way that they could survive the trip. Um, <laughs> there was one instance mm. where, because mm. we do a lot of digital <laughs> transfers now, so people will send footage through Google Drive, through Dropbox, through, uh, you know, whatever electronic platform they're interested in. But we, uh, you know, the OG way that we still do a lot of is uh, mailed hard drives, especially for Mailing, projects yeah. that get over a terabyte of footage or something like that. But um, one we got was the project was already late, like they were like, Oh no, I need this done. Like, can you, can you rush it and everything? And we're like, yeah, of course. Um, they were overseas too. So it was going international. I think they overnighted or like whatever the fastest option was, they did that. But then we got the drive and it was in like a bag, like, a, um, like an unpadded, like FedEx, like loose envelope. And the drive was completely destroyed. <laughs> it was just not, it was not, uh, not a good situation. So it was like late and now um, the drive is unusable and international. So it was expensive too. So it was like, you know, a pretty big scary moment where we're just like, uh, can you upload it or send it in a box this time? So hope you have backblaze. Yeah. And on the other thing, yeah, the other thing we were freaking out was like, do you have a backup? Like that wasn't your only copy of that media, right? So, I mean, like, yeah, make sure you're keeping a backup because like, you know, packages get lost, like outside of either party's control. Um, And, but, you know, if you are going to be shipping something, make sure it's like safe. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I, oh man, I'd just crawl into a hole at that point. That'd be, that'd be nuts. Uh, Well, you know, guys, I cannot thank you for taking the time today to chat with me. I just, I, I really can't thank you enough. Um, I, you know, if, if those of you that are listening, you have to check out Arceus creatives work. I think it's amazing. Uh, I know I personally have some projects that are going to be going through them because I, I really want to, like they were talking about build up that working relationship and that kind of stuff. And, uh, if, one thing that I really liked, which you guys kind of touched upon just a little bit, was that calculator. I thought the calculator was just a genius idea. Like, I, I really, just to kind of narrate that for some people, 
when you go to their intro pricing calculator, you can plug in like how much footage you have, the length of the film that you're looking for, if you're looking for audio editing, if you're looking for color grading. Uh, yeah, I even think you had you have a setting on there for like the specific type of export, like exporting a master file and that kind of stuff, which really helps people make a very informed decision when it comes to that first project, which I, I thought was just an outstanding idea. So uh, yeah, you can go to archaiscreative.com backslash intro pricing, which will take you to that page. So then you can see how much, you know, your first project would be. So I'd, I'd highly recommend that. And then also, you know, I'm so grateful that they gave us a coupon code. If you get, if you type in WVFB10, you can take 10% off your first project. So that's, you know, be sure to use that. That was really cool of you guys to give us that. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that too. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk today. I'm stoked that we get to work together. Um, you know, and I, I really hope that your business keeps cruising, that you guys keep getting more, more stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So thanks man. Yeah. We're, we're excited too. I mean, we always love working with people that we have like an organic and natural click with. And I mean, this is uh, an awesome opportunity to get to know a little bit more about you and, uh, you know, life outside of, um, just your, your wedding editing specifically and, you know, what we can do to help you out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, thanks for having us on and, um, hope, hope someone found something helpful from what we said and, uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that I really like doing, this is going to sound really strange is I'll go back through and re-listen to the podcast so I can take notes. Nice. Yeah. Like I, cause I, I don't want to be rude and be like on my computer and that kind of stuff while people are talking, but I'll go back through and re re listen to it. Like I'll come upstairs and Brittany will be watching the YouTube video and that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I'm very fortunate in that I can talk to people like you and Turner and just, you know, figure out like different creative processes and, you know, kind of, yeah, it's really important to, to listen and to grow. Like you'll, you'll hear me say that over and over again. So, yeah. I mean, the benefit that but, it, it brings, um, you know, you, I'm sure personally just being exposed to, um, all these different disciplines and people speaking from different perspectives, like, you know, there's an intrinsic value in just doing that as a practice, uh, not to mention, you know, all the, the good word that you're sharing with all your listeners and everything too, and the benefit that they're getting, but yeah, it, it's always important to, to never stay stagnant, to always be growing, um, in ways that you're interested in and complement your business and bringing more success. Yeah, no, there's, there's a, there's an expression that I like that there, there is no finish line. So yeah, that's a, <laughs> But guys, thank you again. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to have you back on, and you know we'll we'll be chatting here in the next couple of yeah. weeks. Anywho, Sounds great. so we'll be here yeah, it. thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank thank you, and I hope everybody's staying safe. And we will talk to you guys here in a little bit. All right, bye. Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house, and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Run a Sony a7S III or a Canon 1DX Mark III. 
You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with our customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.